Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. It's also available at our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by our executive producer, Brad Neerman from Berserk Productions down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Brad Neerman is the husband of Olivia Neerman. And Brad and Olivia are the parents of Maximus Neerman, the newborn Maximus Neerman, who is about the coolest baby in the whole wide world. Hello, Neerman family. Hope you're all doing great. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. We're going to check in with U.S. Angling, find out what's going on in their world. And I get to visit with a very special person, PMW. That's Pam Martin-Wells, the all-time number one lady angler in the world. Pam Martin-Wells. But first of all, let me flip it over to Mr. Dave Kranz. He's going to bring on Dan Johnston. Take it away, gentlemen. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave, how are you? Hope you had a great uh, 4th of July weekend. Yeah, it, it uh, was good. Got to see the family and got to cook out and barbecue and all that good stuff that we do on the 4th, and uh, it, it was good. Uh, no fishing involved, uh, but but that's okay. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get out this uh, in the next week or two either, but uh, it sure uh, is a good time to go. <laughs> things are things are leveling off, and it's hot, but it's not as hot as it was a little while ago here. Yeah, and, and there that's a, that's a good intro to what I, we're going to talk about today, introducing kids or new people to fishing. Uh, don't pick a hot day, a windy day, a stormy day. Go, go on the, the closest to a perfect day as you can uh, so that they have a great experience, right? I would agree with that. I think sometimes if our water temperatures are still decent and you get a breeze, you can get a little cooling factor from that. And it's also nice to, you know, drop the throttle down and go and have somebody experience that run too, you know. So there's things you can do when it's hot, but I agree, you know, definitely keep new anglers and veteran anglers, you know, you need to keep hydrated, certainly in the heat, but uh, getting new people out this time of year is awesome because there's a lot of things going on on top and it doesn't necessarily matter of fact a lot of times i don't even focus on bass i'm chasing like white bass or things that school up on shad and things like that that are really fun to catch yeah or even catfish in the summer they're they're very active and they're fun to catch and if you want to take something home to eat you when you take these new people out and show them how to catch them you can show them how to clean them we, absolutely and I, th- I think the thing when we're taking new anglers out uh, and this is just my perspective, but I always try to target what's most easily attainable. Uh, you know, don't necessarily just chase what you love to chase and grind it out and catch one in a day. We want them to get bit. And whether that's targeting, pan, you know, shallow water panfish or schooling white bass or catfish to your point or whatever, you know, look at the time of year, look at what your best chances are and, and focus on that because I know, I know it's a long time ago, Dave, but when you and I first started fishing, I mean, I could hardly... I, I can't remember it was so long ago, but what I do remember is the thrill of something stretching that string and not knowing what it is and like get it to the bank. And yeah, I, I think it's important to, to get bit when we take new anglers for sure. Or, or a lapsed angler that hasn't gone in some cases, maybe decades. And, and, and even though they may have done it at a, at a pretty high level or before what all these new things that have come out, the, uh, the new lines and the, the new knots and different things that uh, techniques that weren't around before. Just tell them, hey, I'm going to I'm just going to talk to you like you, I, I figure you're brand new and you don't know anything. So if I tell you something you already know, don't be insulted. But, you know, that that way it kind of breaks the ice with maybe an older angler that um, they're they don't feel like they have to say, yes, I, I know how to do that. And, and, and you can actually teach them then. 
Well, you're bringing up a great point because one thing that I've done is shown very veteran high-level anglers forward facing that haven't used it much yet. And that thing is, is ridiculous when you get good at it. And, you know, I've taken people that have fished longer than I have, but haven't used that. And, you know, so to your point, it can be advancements in, you know, the lightweight and sensitive nature of rods. It could be lines or new baits. So, so you're right. It certainly doesn't have to be a brand new angler to the sport, but that angler could be new to the technology. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you brought up, we try to talk about taking new anglers at least once a year. If, if nothing else, the, the advocacy of it, it's good for our industry and, and uh, getting new people into it is not a, not a bad thing in any way. Uh, you're outdoors, you can enjoy, enjoy it. But um, I think you brought up uh, the last time we talked to, about this about a year ago, about when you take kids, don't don't just take kids and make it a long day. Let them decide. And if if there's a park close by, even better. If they need a break and they want to go play, uh, you know, in the park for a little bit and then come back to fishing, or maybe not. Maybe that's it. The end of the day. Time to go to lunch or breakfast or whatever. Uh, but but don't don't put stress on them that you we're going for six hours and you have to do this. I would agree with that. And I, another thing I would add is sometimes when you take a kid, take their buddy too. So they can talk and try to, you know, one up each other and have fun. And, and I've had good success doing that with my son. He used to take his friend and we'd go chasing wipers, the hybrid striper white bass. And man, I'm telling you, you get one of those things on and his buddy's yelling and the boat just is going nuts. And it's, it's a lot more of an experience. Um, I shouldn't say all the time because certainly one-on-one works great too, but boy, when they got a buddy there, it can just totally add to it. And then you're taking two of them. Yeah. And you're sharing it with them and then maybe they, they each share it with somebody else and, and, uh, and teach them. And it, it's a, uh, the circle that brings everybody into the fishing community and not everybody gets the, uh, uh, you know, the passion like we have. And I always like to say not everybody, uh, uh, guess the disease disease as bad as a, a Dan and a Dave, but the, but um, you know for some people uh, taking them the first time, you may change your life. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and another thing I would add is, if you're taking a brand new angler or somebody that's been out of the sport for a long time, unless they're really on something, I personally either try to focus up with live bait or moving baits, chunk and wine baits, because the bottom contact slack line bite deal, if you don't fish a lot, even if they're biting pretty good, a lot of people don't detect those strikes. And it's nice to, for example, a crankbait's the perfect thing to throw or a bladed jig or a topwater um, and just have them either see it visually or feel it. They can feel the bait in the rod and it's something to do all the time. But boy, putting something down and soaking it on the bottom and hoping something picks it up. I know we like to do that. And it's very effective. But for the new angler, sometimes it can be very frustrating for them. It can. And uh, another thing I like to do is if they're, I had my two and a half year old granddaughter catch her first four fish on a spinning rod. And she did great if you don't let them ever touch a push button, that's not a bad thing either. But if you do, um, you know, make sure the line's light enough on there, make sure it's not old and coiled up on there and, and make sure the experience is good and you're not untangling equipment more than you're fishing. There's no question about that. And I, and I was going to go there. I, if, if I'm teaching somebody new, in my personal opinion, I'd rather start them with a spinning reel than a push button reel. And if you teach them the right way, if it's set up right, have them uh, teach them how to cast it with it with not too much of a throw action, but more of a push pull with the two hands using a fulcrum. Mm-hmm. And then, for example, closing the bail over with your hand and not the handle. Little things like that and get people successful very quickly. But the spinning reel, in terms of line flow and drag and the quality of the rods and sensitivity and all that is just it, it enhances their experience, in my humble opinion, more than a, a lesser expensive push button reel. And it, it's a frustrating thing for me to be a representative of St. Croix because I think some people and again, this is just my opinion. Um, some people can get frustrated. I would say in any sport, if you're using equipment that isn't necessarily designed to give to enhance your experience. No, I and I agree with that. I um, 
you get grandparents and parents saying, my kid's getting an fish, and then they come and they want to buy something for under 20 bucks. And if that's the price point, that's the price point. But they, you try to explain to them, you know, how things work and that if they, if they're not people that have gone fishing themselves, have them come back to, since I have the retail environment that I can invite them to come back and either myself or one of my staff will, will train them how to use it. Just like you did when you were in the retail environment. It's, it's so important to, to get, um, a few little tips. I mean, on any of these things, uh, uh, just not flipping the anti-reverse switch so they can't back reel, you know, that kind of thing where they're going to get the line all messed up. And um, there's so many little things that can make their life so much easier. And it is important. Well, I think the key is to enhance their experience on the water, whether that's the functionality of what they're using, the feel of it, uh, catching them for sure. Uh, teaching them how to release them the right way if we're not going to keep them, all those things. And one thing I would say, the vast majority of the time is we don't give kids or beginning anglers enough credit on how quickly they can catch on if you give them a little better equipment and teach them the right way. I think a lot of times and a lot of things we do, we assume that just because you're starting out, we need rock bottom entry level stuff. And I'm not an advocate of that personally. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's not because I work for St. Croix. It's because I've seen it being a fly casting instructor, seeing cheap stuff show up or uh, at kids fishing clinics. And I see cheap stuff show up with a push button reel with 20 pound a rope on it. It shouldn't work. And, and, and I think it can hold that person back from being successful quicker. So I'm a big advocate of, uh, obviously, we don't get a six-year-old into a $600 rod. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it's nice to get people started at a higher level than you would normally think, even if it's getting one of your your, your good rods in their hands when they first start out. Absolutely. And, and this... Uh, let's let's be clear. We do this every time. It's not just Dan and Dave taking people out fishing. We invite every listener out there to take somebody new, share your your knowledge at whatever level you are, and give back to the sport and help somebody else enjoy it like we do. And uh, definitely appreciate your time every week, Dan. And uh, uh, look forward to uh, the next week when we get to talk to you again. Yeah, Dave. Thanks for doing the topic. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarlia is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say that every guest I interview on there has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. She is Christine Fisher. Welcome to the program, Christine. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no problem. So, uh, so we're we're looking forward to seeing the results of the 2022 Pan America Team kayak fishing, and uh, that's coming up here in uh, the third week of August. And uh, uh, you're on the team. How exciting is that? Uh, it is 
very exciting. I, I think uh, to be amongst the, the anglers that are also on that team is a huge honor. It's, it's the very best in our sport, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and it'll be back-to-back international trips for, for me as I'm, I would just be wrapping up the Hobie Worlds competition in Sweden um, just a couple of days prior to that. So it's going to be kind of a kind of an interesting couple of weeks for me. Yes, it will. And then, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get out there and compete at, at the highest of levels. And, uh, and, and it's so neat. It, it, kayak fishing has exploded. I know I have a retail store in Northern Illinois, and I have many guys that uh, used to have a bass boat and they sold it, and, and now they're pulling into my lot with a kayak. How about that? Yeah, we're seeing more and more of that. Um, it's even on the competitive level, there's a lot of guys in our national trails, which we have three of those, there's a lot of guys that are, uh, I would call it, say, ex-bass boat tournament guys. And what they're finding is that the cost of doing business, meaning you know, their, their overhead, is much lower with a kayak especially with these crazy gas prices and our tournament payouts are actually better than a lot of the bfl you know flw stuff so it's it's really cool to see some of these you know very competitive basketball guys jump into our sport and compete with all of us it's it's been pretty exciting and it definitely does a lot for the growth and reputation of our sport yeah I, i've had a couple conversations with mike iconella and he absolutely loves fishing out of a kayak yeah, he just he just fished one uh, on Lake Winnipesaukee, one of our national trails out there. He does. He's fished several. He's fished two that I've uh, fished against him in. And it's it's great to have those high level pros come in and, and try their hand in our sport. It's it's I think it does a lot for our sport. Oh, it does. I I I, I a guide in uh, Southeast Wisconsin lakes, and I had a guide trip uh, yesterday. And the customer that I guide, um, he has a kayak, and he goes to some of the same lakes in some places that we can't go—smaller, shallower lakes that don't have um, even a boat launch. But you can you can car top it and put it in, and and uh, what what a gift that is! Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a lot of people when they think kayak fishing, they they automatically assume that it's a, you know, kind of a box kayak and we're taking a rod or two and no electronics. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, for a lot of people, that certainly is the case. But as far as like the gear that a lot of us very serious kayaking wears bring, I mean, we're taking 14, 15 rods. We've got two graphs with live scope and all of the tackle. Um, so it's, you know, we take it pretty seriously too. Yep, absolutely. I, and I, I think that's, uh, you know, it's just... A gr- it's fishing. It doesn't matter what you do it out of it, from the bank, off a dock, you know, in, in any kind of boat, kayak or bass boat or John boat or pontoon, whatever. Um, so the format for this Pan America, uh, th- can you explain to the listeners a little bit about how the format works for this? Absolutely. Yeah. So the unique thing about kayak fishing is we do a, you know, a catch photo release with a unique identifier and a pre-approved measuring board. And our fish are, you know, we go by the total length. So just like a basketball tournament, it is your best five each day. Um, and I, I believe for the Pan Am, you know, we have it. There's a individual results and then an overall result for the team as well um, for, for each respective country, which is really cool. But it'll be your best five fish measured by length and then they get released right back into the water. Excellent. And the uh, what? what is the uh, facility? What's the lake you're going to there? And, and what is it like? And wh- how, what do you expect it to be? Well, I, I've done just a tiny bit. It's still about a month out. So I've only done a, a tiny bit of research on it. But it's like, uh, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Pichillo. I believe that's how it is, Lake Pichillo, mm-hmm. um, which is in Mon- Monterrey, Mexico. And it is, it's a, it's a deep, a lake with a lot of I think there's some flooded timber it'll obviously be an offshore deal that time of year um which you know that's why a lot of us on team usa are driving because we all want to have our our garmin live scope um to help us kind of target those offshore fish but um it's probably going to be pretty hot and there's not there's no protection from the sun out there it's a big lake it's deep it's like i said got a lot of structure and i think uh and a lot of big fish so we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to bring the football jigs, shaky heads, Carolina rigs, you know, what have you, and see if we can't wrangle up a couple of these big Mexico bass. There you go. How many teams are competing this year? Do you know? I don't. I know there's. I think there's at least five countries. Okay. Um, at least that. Maybe a couple, a, a few more. Canada's coming down. We obviously there's Mexico. else coming up. Um. 
it, it's going to be it's going to be a fun deal though, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, and it's it's good to create awareness for it and excitement for the industry and and all of that. And then um, I don't we can uh, mention this too uh, a little later, but uh, I want to make sure we get um, your your sponsors because you do have some sponsors, right? I do. Yep, they make it possible to, to fish full time, which I'm super thankful for. Let's let's give them a shout out. Who who's keeping you on the water and on the road? Um. First up, you know, Berkeley, Abu Garcia, Fenwick, um, those guys are, are great. They're, they're probably my, uh, my, my, some of my biggest supporters on and off the water. Um, I've got Outdoor America. I have a 10 Cup Whiskey. I have Yeti, Garmin, Hobie Fishing, Dakota Lithium, Torchito, um, Great Outdoor Coffee Co., I know I'm, I'm going to forget a couple of Well, that's why, that's why we left it open, so that if he comes to you, you will be able to uh, put him in there, too. No, that, that's a great great list of sponsors, and, and uh, not, nobody can go and do what you're doing and be on the road uh, without them, and they're definitely appreciated. And uh, Right now, you're the only woman on the team. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Have there been women on the team in the past, and... and, and are there some up and comers that that have are going to have this opportunity? Yeah, it's my understanding that when they did the first kayak fishing Pan Am, they actually had a women's division, and so and I had the invite but declined that year. I wasn't a huge fan of having a uh, a women's specific division. I I, I, didn't, I don't think that's necessary in fishing, so right. I declined that. There were. I believe four or five other women on the team in the in the women's division, and they had their four or five guys as well. Um, as for this year, they went away with that and kept it all one. Um, they wanted they wanted to select some of the best anglers regardless of gender and have it just be a, an open competition, um, like a co-ed style, which then I, you know, accepted. I thought that was the way to do it. Um, as far as up in commerce, you know, I'm I'm sure we we've got a lot of a lot of ladies out there that are starting to um, fish a lot of the bigger tournaments and you know do fairly well. Um, there's a, a mom and daughter couple from um, Arkansas, uh, Krista and Caroline Hibbs. Krista's sitting in like the I think the top 35 in Angler of the Year points for the Hobie Series, which is pretty that's pretty phenomenal. It's out of hundreds of anglers, uh, so that's exciting for her. She's one to keep an eye on. Um, Katie Baca out of Texas is fishing a lot of them, and um, cat she's cashed a couple of checks on the local scene there. But yeah, there's several, I mean, kayak fishing is an equalizer. It's pretty exciting, you know? It is. And you know what? I totally agree with you on on not having uh, gender-specific fishing tournaments at any level. And I know, uh, because I think it is, uh, it, it, there is no advantage or disadvantage when it comes to fishing. Correct. Yeah, and almost, I think, kind of, when you do that, you're almost implying that there is a... Um, like a handicap for women, any other divisions, there's all, there's like a physical strength difference or something of that regard where they would need a women's specific league like basketball or boxing. Yeah. Obviously you need to have a, a women's division or a women's whatever, but with fishing, there is no advantage. And if you're making a women's specific group or, or division, then that implies that we're not able to compete against the men. And I just did not agree with that whatsoever. So I'm really happy to see that format change. No, I think it's good. And and I, I look at fishing, tournament fishing and fishing at a high level or fishing as a as a very dedicated weekend person, fishing as it's more of a marathon than a sprint. It's an endurance thing. Absolutely it is. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I believe that uh, more than anything, the biggest asset that we have is is mental. Yes, a lot of people overlook that. They they look at your mechanics and just your ability on the water, which that certainly comes into play. But if I were to choose an all-star team, I would choose the guys that have a, a better head game first over, as opposed to the ones that are just consistently or they're mechanically sound. I would choose the guys that have heart and have a very strong head game. Because when a push comes to shove, you see it all the time on the professional stage. The guys that are able to, especially over multi-day events, the guys that are able to keep it keep it straight between the eyes are the ones that are between the ears are the ones that are able to consistently be on stage and win tournaments. Yes, and and uh, I I totally agree. It's it's uh 
it, it's not an easy game yeah, because things change. You, have, you, you go and you practice and you think you got it all figured out and then you go uh, the next day and the weather's different and the wind, wind is different or the, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, you, you, the temperatures are different. There's so many different things that can affect it. Uh, in the summer, you could get algae blooms, and, and that can be a big factor, and, and it changes uh, what you found in practice. And uh, How many days do you guys practice for this? Um, for the, the panium, I believe it's three practice days, if I'm not mistaken, which is perfect. You know, I never like to have more than three practice days for any big event. I think that's the magic number right there, um, and I think it's either, it's either two or three. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I always I always think the best practice day I have is the day before the tournament starts because it's most relevant to what it's going to be like tomorrow. Exactly. If you've got a whole week, you could you could ideally, or I mean, you could eliminate water that realistically could be in play because it's that early and so many things change, and you just you don't want to give yourself too many options. I feel like a good angler can take just a couple of days to kind of get a general idea of what's happening on that given water body. Excellent. Well, Christine, we appreciate the interview. We are going to pay attention to uh, the team and the individual results for the 2022 Pan America team kayak fishing. That's going to be coming up here the third week of August. And uh, hopefully the uh, Mexican heat down there isn't too hot for you guys. And uh, stay hydrated and uh, fish well and uh, bring home the gold. That sounds great. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you very much. Oh, no problem. That was Christine Fisher. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. My partner's name is Dave Kranz, but he is remote. Um, we're here on behalf of the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please don't forget that. You know, folks, if you are uh, an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting them at asafishing.org. And all of the rest of us can go and check out KeepAmericaFishing.org. We want to keep this sport strong and with a vibrant future. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is by uh, pointing to some great people who lead us in this sport, who set a great example uh, by what they do for uh, the sport and the people that are in it on a daily basis. And, and I am proud to have as our next guest, one of the best fishermen on the planet. She, yes, I said she, is the number one female competitor in the sport of professional fishing. I've had her on a number of times. I really enjoy visiting with her. Please welcome Pam Martin-Wells. Hey, Pam, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you this morning? 
I'm doing pretty darn good myself. It is a, it is a wonderful thing. And we've, we've got an awful lot to talk about. Uh, you know, and see, the number one female angler on, on the planet, uh, you, you can fish with anybody, you know, doesn't have to be separated in male and female. And we'll we'll talk about that and get into it. But uh, man, you you're just consistently good. You win and you win and you win, and you're even winning right now. Going through a time of personal setback. Uh, tell us about your health, if you don't mind. Well, in uh, late in March, I was having some issues, and uh, my doctor ordered just a basically a standard CT rule out something and uh come to find out i had i had two very large masses in my abdomen that turned out to be ovarian cancer so i went from a ct scan on a tuesday to meeting with the best surgical gynecologist oncologist east of the mississippi on friday and then emergency surgery on monday so in a matter of less than a week i had a ct a diagnosis and major surgery and now i'm undergoing i'm having to undergo six six rounds of uh chemo i'm halfway through my chemo so i started in april with the chemo and uh i'll finish in mid mid-august uh you you you're a tough one pam martin wells because uh i believe i read that you came out of one of your early chemo treatments it virtually went right to the lake and, and, and won a LBAA event uh, just after getting out of chemo. Is that true? It is, Steve. Um, you know, there, there, there's a lot. People can tell you they understand what you're going through, but until they've gone through cancer and chemos, honestly, you know, they're being nice. They don't have a clue. Um, but I had to, as outgoing as I am and as, headstrong and everything as I am. I I had to have that week as, as just one week of normalcy <laughs> rather than sitting around and fighting the fatigue and the nausea and all that from the chemo. I told my husband, I said, when this when this treatment's over, I said we're going to Arkansas and I'm gonna fish this last W this last LBAA tournament. And, um him and my uh, my family they were all very supportive, but they were all very concerned too because several several factors uh, with chemo. I'm not supposed to be in the sun, and we got out there, and the heat index was 111. So, oh my goodness! But having said that, I pushed through, um, and I did. I, I didn't do it to prove anything to anybody other than myself. I just I had to have I had to have something normal in my life for at least a week. Um, just to kind of get back because I, I was halfway through my treatment scene and you know it's, I, I don't the, the, the best most positive person it gets depressing at times so, so that was really good for me I went out there I fished hard um, I, I did everything I could and uh, the good lord smiled on me and I, and I actually won the tournament which to me was was another godsend because it gave me a platform just like I'm doing right now to make more women aware of ovarian cancer. Um, I know this is a fishing show and you're getting call about this, but I want to get this out there that most ovarian cancer goes overlooked because the symptoms mimic so many other things. 80 to 90% of the time it's overlooked until it is in uh, the advanced stages and if if by doing this radio show or fishing that tournament i can convince one lady to go get checked out when she has some of the symptoms and prevent this then i've done a good job so you're doing you're doing a great job and i think this is extremely important and for those that are hearing this and not really taking it to heart or willing to pursue it any further what would uh, some ovarian cancer symptoms be that people should look out for? You would be very shocked, Steve. They're they're very they're very minor. Um, I had four of the main symptoms, which was fatigue, loss of appetite, bloating, and uh, <clears throat> whew, 
I'm out of breath. Excuse me. Um, that's a that's another side effect of chemo. Whew. Um, but like same side effects say uh, loss of appetite. Okay, I attributed that to the fact that we travel all over and we're eating fast food and restaurants all the time. And at my age, after eating all that crap, just nothing sounded good. Well, it really wasn't. It was a lack of appetite, period. Um, the bloating, I did the same thing. I was like, you know, we're eating junk food. Um, and then lastly, you know, was the fatigue. Well, I'm 59 years old. I still fish professionally. I coach a college bass fishing team and travel all over the country following them, I said, I'm, I have a right to be tired. Yeah, sure. But having said that, all of those are major symptoms of ovarian cancer. And they're, they're most often, like I said, overlooked um, for several reasons because they do mimic other things. My family physician actually thought I was having a bout with colitis. Huh. Uh, and that's, that's what she was about to treat me for. Um, but <clears throat> having said that, then, you know, I was fortunate. I mean, I was still stage three, but, you know, uh, the surgeon thinks she got, is pretty sure she got it all, but ovarian cancer is called the silent killer and it is very aggressive and fast spreading. So that's why I'm having to do chemo because there could be, there could be some cells most anywhere in my body. So that's the well, main reason I'm doing chemo. Well, it sounds like you've got uh, a, a good ability to uh, be in touch with yourself and know what's going on inside of you, which is important. And a lot of people uh, walk away from that. They blow off the symptoms. They say, oh, it must be this, must be that. Uh, it, right. You know, it's like they say most most, most guys die of heart attacks. Uh, they think they're having a, a stomach ache or something, you know, but it, it, their heart's failing them. And people just put that off, and and I think you're doing a great service by, by uh, talking about this and and promoting it. What when was the last chemo treatment you had, Pam Martin Wells? This past Tuesday. This past Tuesday. So we're we're a week away. We're a week it's away. Week. What? Go ahead. Yeah, we're a week out. That's that's why I'm usually uh, usually for the first two weeks after chemo is when the side effects are the worst, and that's. That's why I'm kind of out of breath and, you know, I used to run half marathons and everything else and I can't hardly walk from one end of the house to the other now without giving out of breath and it really stinks. Sure. Sure but, it does. Like sure I say, I'm, I'm pushing through, but one other thing I want to point out real quick, Steve, is, and, and this, most people don't realize this either. I didn't either. Um, with your normal female exam, yearly exam, yeah, ovarian cancer is 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 not screened for. There's huh. really no screen. There's no screening for ovarian cancer except for like a CT or an MRI. So just because you're sitting there saying, "Well, I got these symptoms," it can't be ovarian cancer because I just had my I just had my female checkup. That's not necessarily true because if they if they catch ovarian cancer in, during your female checkup, it's in way in advanced stages. Just to throw that out. Absolutely incredible. Did not know any of this. And I am I'm happy that you brought this up and, and, and talked about it. We followed up on this. Uh, I think it's an important thing. I think it's an important thing. And uh, I'm personally proud to have been a part of this, uh, talking about it. And I hope everybody pays attention. And, and even if your guy's listening, you know, you're not getting ovarian cancer, but you know somebody who is. I mean, 50% of the population is liable to get this. Please pass the word on. You can always listen to this again. Play it for people to hear. This is important stuff. And uh, Pam Martin-Wells, a fishing hero, is a, a health hero, too. My goodness, thank you so much for doing this, Pam. I really, really appreciate this. Got, got to ask you, you talked about running half marathons. I had read somewhere that... Uh, uh, you were an, an all-sports player growing up. You, you, you played all kind of the, the ball sports, and you were a big uh, motocross racer uh, <laughs> that, that you stopped doing that once you got banged up pretty good uh, in an accident. But would, would you would you have uh, 
categorized yourself as uh, as a tomboy, as they say, Pam Martin Wells tomboy? If that's what you want to put it, uh, Steve, um, I say my daddy didn't have a son, and and he was into all kind of racing and stuff. So, you know, there I was. I, when I was when I was six years old, he put me on a mini bike. You know, I mean, but tomboy, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm, I'm Pam. Oh, yes, you are. You are. You know, you're 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 not Pam. You're you're PMW. <laughs> I've called you yeah. that for years and said, KVD, get out of the way. PMW is coming. Uh, and, and, and you know I what? Just, I love the outdoors, you know, and I was raised in the outdoors. My, my mother loved fishing. My father loved fishing. My grandparents. So I was just raised in the outdoors. You know, there's nothing wrong with a good old country country girl being raised in the outdoors. No, not at all. Hey, let, let's, take, let's take a quick break because I want to get back into a number of things. Uh, I'm just blown away by this so far. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I like you even more than I've liked you in the past, Pam Martin Wells, for bringing out the message about about your health, not hiding it, being willing to talk about it and share, and hopefully save people's lives through uh, your experiences and what you've done. This is We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. My very special guest is the one and only Pam Martin Wells, and we will be right back after this. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry docked for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com slash overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. We are brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I'm proud to have as my guest the greatest female angler in the world. She is Pam Martin Wells. And, and, you know, we talked about this many times. I, I, I don't have a sexist bone in my body, and I hope that saying tomboy didn't strike you as being inappropriate. It's just something that's out there. We, we do that. And you know what? You, you can fish with anybody, and the one thing that, you know, you've won so many things. You're a five-time angler of the year. You're in the uh, Legends of the Outdoors Hall of Fame. You're the all-time leading money winner in professional women's bass fishing, but you are also a lady who qualified to fish the Bassmaster Classic. Not only did you qualify to fish the Bassmaster Classic, you're the only woman to ever make the cut, and you finished in the top 25 in the Bassmaster Classic. I can't imagine that you are proud of anything even more than that uh, what what an accomplishment that is, man or woman, man, you have had a career. Yes, Steve, I've been very blessed throughout my career. Um, you know, in making the final day of Bassmaster Classic, yes, it was great, but but that's that's a great accomplishment for a, for a man or a woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I've always said that the fish don't know if it's a man or a woman on the other end of the line. It's all about how you present your lure and that kind of thing. So, you know, my ultimate competition is fish, not with the other anglers, whether they're male or female. So, you know, I encourage all, all ladies, young girls, young men to get out and enjoy the outdoors. Enjoy all that the good Lord's given us. For sure, for sure. And and I know we've talked about this in the past. I don't want to beat it to death, but we, we live in a society, and I believe because of social media, it's made people even more aggressive and, and attacking uh, and, and just vindictive and get people all nasty. And I, I remember a period ago where people were all over you, and, and they were— actually knocking your accomplishment of making the Bassmaster Classic and making the, the cut and, and your top 25 finish, uh, I said, well, the only reason she got in was because she's a woman. This shouldn't count and blah, blah, blah. And th does this stuff drive you crazy? You know, it, it, it really doesn't. Um, and I'm not going to say this the way I would like to say it, but it's those, those kind of statements are... are or made and created out of jealousy. Um, you know, I mean, somebody's going to knock me for making it just jealous of the fact that they, they didn't. No kidding. Yeah, jealousy and ignorance would, would be the uh, uh, would be the two ingredients, and you put those two ingredients together, and, man, you are you got some really <laughs> evil dish you're cooking up, you know? That's right. Um, like I say, it's, you know, it used to bother me, but it is what it is. I made it. They didn't. I can I, smile and make it. That's all I can say. I, I've, I looked at that and it gets me really mad because there's no way in my most creative, imaginative day I could create a scenario that would take away anything from your accomplishments. You are a great person. You're a great fisherman. You have proved it over and over again. And I can't say anything bad about it, but you get people that do. The other thing, uh, what's, your, what's your husband's name? Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Stephen. How, how, did, how did I forget that? Um, uh, can Stephen fish? Yeah, he can fish. He, he doesn't like competitive fish because he says it takes the fun out of him. <laughs> he, he's, pretty, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty good from what I've heard. I've heard that Stephen is, is a good fisherman. I have heard he people. Is. Go ahead. I, I, I just said he is. He is a good fisherman. I've heard people on the internet, I've read people on the internet that have said, well, you know, Pam Martin Wells isn't all that good. Her husband puts her on those fish she catches. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I've been fishing for over 30 years and had won, I don't know how many national championships before I ever married Stephen. Stephen and I have only been married 19 years, so <laughs> there you go. Let's go back to about eight, 1985 when I started and count up my wins until I got married in 2002. <laughs> uh, and, and, and how many how many uh, uh, tournaments has Stephen won? None. Oh, I guess that says it all right there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I see stuff like that. But my, my, my husband is a recreational fisherman who likes to fish. He likes, if he wants to stop me to sandwich, he's going to stop me to sandwich. My husband <laughs> is not one of the major league fishing pros. He's not one of the elite guys. My husband just loves to fish. And I get, I get madder at him more often than not when, when I turn around and he's just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely hilarious. I, I, I don't know where I don't know where these stories and tales come from, but people are hurtful. I swear to God, they're just hurtful sometimes. You know what? I think I think I think people need to get a life and leave mine alone. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's a good one. I'm gonna write that down. I remember that. Hey, talking about coaching, uh you're the coach of uh the Emmanuel College fishing team. That's correct. Where's Emanuel College? It's in the northeast corner of Georgia, right right about fifteen miles from Lake Hartwell. Okay, fair fair enough. How did you get that job? Well, kind of a roundabout way, I guess. Um they wanted to start a fishing program and my cousin is actually the bowling coach for Emmanuel College and he just happened to mention to the athletic director that that I fished professionally and so on and so forth. And we met and here we are. 
you know, it, it, but also not to mention the fact that I have been blessed in my career and, and I, this is just a way that I can give back to a sport that's been so good to me. So, you know, like right now I've got six teams going to the BASS National Championship in August. Um, last year I had seven teams qualify for nationals. And we're just a three-year program, so excellent. You know, we've done pretty good, or they have. I just, I just kind of direct. Uh, how is it split up between uh, males and females on the Emmanuel College fishing team? Well, right now we don't have a female. Um, we did have a couple, and they graduated uh, and, and moved on. But right now it's just primarily male. But that's that's not from lack of trying. Um, you know, it's just a lot harder. Right now, we got some we got some really good female anglers coming up. So, good, good. I, I was gonna, I was gonna you know like you like you had said before, the fish doesn't know what gender is on the other end of the line, and that is true. So it really doesn't make a difference. But for some reason, it, it kind of tugs at my heartstrings. Uh, look as I go, man, we got to get more women involved in this sport, and, and you know, it, it's it's. It, I'm being, I'm being selfish in that regard. It's it's not that I want to see women progress because they're women. I want to see the sport carry on. And the way I look at it is that if a kid's going to get into fishing, he's got twice as much chance of getting into fishing if mom fishes and dad fishes. Because if you if a kid comes home from school and says, "Hey, can you take me down to the pond fishing?" And, uh, you know, uh, well, Dad's working late tonight. He can't do it. And Mom's, uh, Bob doesn't know the first thing about fishing. So, sorry, son, you're out of luck. Go play a video game. That, that's not a good thing. But, but if Mom can, can uh, take you fishing and knows how to set you up, as well as Dad, that kid's got twice the opportunity to get out there on the water. So that's why I think it's really important that women fish more. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, and and it and it, it it ties the family together a lot. I mean, you know, if if you got if you got a guy that's that uh, husband that fishes all the time and he doesn't touch his wife or he doesn't touch his kids, then he's separated from he's separated from his family a lot more than is necessary. You, I mean, you know, there, there's so much good times to be had in the outdoors, whether it's fishing or just just being in the outdoors. And I encourage that. All along the way. Excellent, excellent. Hey, coaching. I think that's interesting. You know, all sports have coaches, um, and in today's society, it's it's real common for uh, people to uh, have kids that are playing tennis or golf or baseball or whatever, and, and they go out. And in addition to uh, uh, the coaching you get from your your, your team people go out and hire coaches. You have somebody come over and teach your kid uh, the, the fine points of the game, uh, polish up their skills on baseball or golf or whatever, and, and then you've got the traveling teams, and it gets very, very expensive and time-consuming and, and in detail, and there's things that a coach can do to improve your game. Um, looking at coaching fishing, I can see a coach teaching you about how to find fish, where the spots are, where how to read the electronics or where the fish are going to be in a certain light condition or weather condition. But coaching baseball, you go, okay, your, your feet aren't right. Move your feet this way. Put, put your hands closer together. Do this, do that. With fishing, do you look at people and talk to them about the mechanics of it? Here, you're not setting the hook properly. You're not getting enough distance on your cast because of the way you're holding your arms. Does it get into that, or is it mostly the bigger picture of trying to find the fish? Well, normally, by the time they get to the college level, they they've got all that down. I mean, there'll be there'll be certain times, you know, when when I'll have a, an angler ask me something specific to say flipping or whatever and we'll go over that absolutely but once they get to once they get to the college level they they pretty much got the mechanics down um it's more it's, it's more about just you know like you said how to how to read the lake uh how to study 
prior to going to a tournament, I think that's uh, one of the biggest downfalls for a lot of these kids now is is they don't put the preparation into it. Or not, I'm not going to say all of them. There's some sure. that don't put the preparation into it um, because I'm a fanatic about that. I'll start preparing two months in advance. I mean, you're not going to believe this, but when I was laying in the hospital bed, just had major surgery, the actually the second LBAA tournament was going to be in four weeks on in Louisiana. Uh-huh. I, I was laying in the hospital bed looking at maps and trying to prepare for the to fish that tournament if my surgeon allowed me to. So, you know, that's a, that's a big thing is, is his preparation. Um and mental attitude, uh, the mental attitude in fishing is, is, is overlooked a lot as well. You can go out there and have a bad practice, and the, the lake's fishing off, and you know you get it in your head, well, fishing stinks, I'm not going to catch anything. I tell them all the time, I said, if that's, if that's your mentality, that's exactly what's going to happen. I said, you got to go out there with the mentality that you're going to catch them. You're going to figure it out. You're going to do what it takes. Because if I'd have went to Arkansas with the mentality that I'm just going to be a deadbeat and I ain't going to be able to do nothing because of this chemo, I'd have just as soon as stayed in Georgia. Excellent. Man, you're, you're, you're a great fisherman. You've been an inspiration to me uh, watching your fishing career, how you do it, and, and your attitude. But the, the way you have uh, the way you have embraced this battle with cancer is just absolutely mind-blowing and uh, i i hope everybody that's listening to this now plays it for somebody else because it doesn't have to be fishing it doesn't have to be bass uh this is a wonderful wonderful human being who is just really really living life the way it should be living and and uh and doing great things out there pam martin wells i want to thank you for being with us i really appreciate you doing this uh I, Can I say one more quick thing? Please, please do. Please do. You mentioned my mom. When, when she passed away, she had always wanted to, this is this is totally off of fishing, but she had always wanted to hike to Mount Leconte in the Smoky Mountains. Well, she never could because she, she had a bad ankle from a car wreck. Yeah. So when she, when she passed away, I put her picture in a frame, and I hiked to Mount Leconte, and it's hanging in the, in the gift shop up on top of that mountain. When I finish my chemo in August, I'm going back up to Mount LeConte, one way or another. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, you know what? You accomplish everything that you set out for, and if uh, you made a target of uh, making Steve cry here, you, you won that one too, Pam Hurton Walsh. You, you are the absolute best. You are Thank the you. best. Best of, best of luck to you. We'll, we'll talk again. Uh, have a wonderful season. Keep keep fighting the good fight for your health and uh, your inspiration. And, and God bless you, Pam Martin Wells. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, Steve. God bless you. We'll talk to you later, Pam. <laughs> Pam Martin Wells is not she something else? She's a wonderful human being and a wonderful angler. Wow, fantastic. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best start fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Stan Johnston from St. Croix, USA Angler, USA Bass. Oh, they've got so much going on. What a concern they are. They are just knocking it out of the park every week. And then who better than Pam Martin-Wells? Yeah, my old friend PMW. Battling cancer, battling fish. She's in the fight of her life right now, but uh, she'll handle it like she handles everything else. She's a true inspiration. Pam Martin-Wells. I'd like to thank our sponsor, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can get it at our website, wefishasa.com. You can also write to us through there, so please have at it. You know, if you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody you think we ought to have on the show, let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. 
We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.